0: Hi, and welcome to the Annex Podcast, Elevate YM Edition. We're a youth group at the Building Christian Fellowship that believes that you can have a real and relevant relationship with Jesus, even at a young age. And we pray you enjoy this message from last Thursday. Really exciting to see a lot of new masked faces, if that makes any sense. It's really cool to see new people come in. Thank you for being here. If you're tuning in online, thank you for tuning in. For those of you guys that returned after last week being your first week, welcome back. We're happy that you guys are here. But uh, my name is Pastor JR. If I haven't got a chance to introduce myself, you can just call me JR. Don't got to make it too serious. But I'm the youth pastor alongside my wife, Erica. You saw her up at the front. Uh, We're the youth pastors here at Elevate YM. And uh, if this is your first time here and you haven't been kind of keeping up with what we've been doing, Over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about trust issues. Anybody got any trust issues out there? Just a little bit like somebody crosses me the wrong way. It kind of ruins my whole day. All of us deal with some level of trust or trust issues. Now, over the past couple of weeks, some of the topics that we've been talking about is is wisdom. We've been talking about um, um, how do we overcome anxiety. We've been talking about all different kinds of things as it pertains to our life. And how the Bible combats those worldly thoughts and ideas. And so this week, I want to talk about a particular topic. Again, it's something that we all have a level of dealing with. Maybe some of us do this more freely. Maybe some of us have a hard time doing it. But but what we're going to be talking about tonight is love. We're going to be talking about love tonight. And, And I want to be very particular because the passage that we're going to read tonight is about a particular kind of love. I'm not going to give you guys the five ways to find your bay. That's not what we're talking about tonight. We're not talking about the romantic kind of love between you and a future spouse. You know, no, we're not talking about you just particularly loving your, uh, your enemies. We're not talking about people outside of the church, but we're going to figure out how we can better love the people that are in the church with us. Take a look around for just a second. I know it's a little bit dark, but we're going to figure out how we can better love each other. Amen. So turn with me to 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, and I'll wait. If you got your Bible on your phone, make sure you up, uh, turn on that Bible app. If you guys got a physical Bible, ain't nothing square about you having a physical Bible, all right? Physical Bibles, they don't have notifications. You won't get distracted. It can just be you and God and your word. Or if you're like, hey, JR, I don't have a Bible just yet. It's the very reason why we use technology. The Bible will be up on the screen. And if you guys are at home, man, download that Bible app real quick. If you don't have it again, it'll be right on your screen. So 1 John chapter 4, and we got a bit of scripture to get through tonight, you guys. So hang with me, all right? Hang with me. I promise we won't be up here forever. But 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, when you get there, say, I'm there. One person said they're there. When you get there and you have your Bible, say you're there. That's a little public speaking trick so I can drink some water before I start reading. First John chapter 4. It says this from verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love God, sorry, but anyone who does not love does not know God God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us, and God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the son of God and have God living in them and they they live in God. We know how much God loves us, And we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. And as we live in God, (laughs) that's like a tongue twister, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him, that's God, with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who... Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. Can the church say amen? Can the church say, that was a lot of scripture. I know, it was a lot of scripture. But this is very important in in the question that we're going to pose that maybe some of us uh, go through when when it pertains to love. And the question I want to propose to you guys is this. Maybe you've asked this question before. What if that person doesn't love me back what 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 happens if 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 God is telling me to love what if they don't reciprocate that same love back to me what happens if if I'm being a Christian and I'm being kind and that person isn't kind back to me then what I don't know about you guys uh, you don't have to raise your hand but maybe you've experienced this at different points in your life it's really really hard to love somebody that isn't lovable, right? It's really hard to love somebody that gets on your nerves, right? How many people have real brothers and sisters? Raise your hand real quick. It can be real, real, real hard sometimes to love your brother or sister, even more so when you come to church, because again, this scripture is talking about brothers and sisters in Christ, people that aren't really even your blood. It's even harder to love people that go to church with you. And so so, if we can't be reciprocated, why should we love in the first place? If if why should I love somebody if if they don't even have what it takes to love me back? Here's what I want to challenge you guys with tonight: is this you've experienced this certain type of love. That, that, that isn't looking for reciprocation you, you've experienced a, a type of love as a Christian as somebody that has given their life to Christ you experience a type of love that is patient that is kind that is long-suffering that the love I'm talking about that you've experienced is the love that you experienced from God I got three points for you guys tonight we're going to combat this this thought process we're going to combat this idea or this question of what if they don't love me back by examining scripture if you guys get time on your own if you want to ask more questions during the after party after service i encourage you guys to in first john chapter four i want you guys to write that down go back and read that scripture later on your own time download the bible app again find yourself a physical bible you don't have to spend a bunch of money on a physical bible like tony did but hey if it if, it, if it's cool for you go ahead. <laughs> he said mind your business if it works for you, do that. If you're saying, you know what, I want to invest in, in a good Bible, then do that. But our first point is this. I want you all to rock with me. I know we read a lot of scripture. Our first point is this. God loved us first. God loved us first. I know it's simple. I know it seems like a really basic point. I know some of you guys might be thinking like, duh. But you have to understand how important the fact That God loved us first and we didn't choose him first. Because we, as as children, as creators, when we fall short, or as creation, when we fall short, when we sin, when we fall short of the glory of God, we are doing the very things that most people that the world would say doesn't deserve love. Where, where, Where spiritually, we spat in God's face whether we know it or not. Spiritually, we, we've turned our back on God. We've turned our back on, on, on who God wants to be for us but by the choices that we make. It's important for us to realize that God loved us first. And listen, this isn't some wishy-washy love. This isn't some sometimes love. This isn't some type of love that, 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 that is here today and gone tomorrow. But this particular type of love that he used in the original language that it was written in is called agape love. This agape love was always used to express love from God to man and and true love after man has experienced the love of God between man and God. That agape love, that love that is perfect and that love that is being perfected in us. When we look at agape love, it's it's not temporary. we look at agape love, it's not the type of love that gets angry at you in different moments in your life and, and that throws the relationship in the trash when you do wrong. If you guys got a chance, again, I'm giving you a lot of scripture to go study later on. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it talks about particular points. We're not going to go over that scripture do that on your own time. But the different attributes of this agape love that God loves us with is patient. It perseveres patiently and bravely and and, and endures misfortunes. It endures uh, uh, being slandered. It endures having us turned back to. The type of love that God loves us with is kind. It 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 is one that isn't self-seeking. It isn't one that's trying to serve itself, but serve others. It's the type of love that's generous. God's love is generous. It, it talks about who. You can't tell me you've never heard John three sixteen. People that have never been in church before have heard the scripture John three sixteen. It says, "For God so loved the world that He what? That He gave. That the type of love that God loves us with is generous. It, it's not full of itself." It's not proud or boastful. It's not trying to puff itself up. It rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, and it's very particular in that that portion of the scripture where it says it bears all things, meaning that in, it endures all things and it rejoices in the truth, and and it doesn't uh, uh, rejoice in in in, in wickedness and, and 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 unrighteousness. Basically, saying this, I know a lot of people think that, well, how are you going to teach teenagers how to love? When they're being treated bad, I'm like, "Listen, God, God, God is a just God. God is a good God. God is a righteous God. Just because God is telling you to love somebody, to love your neighbor, to love the ones that don't love you back, the ones that do you dirty, the ones that 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 uh, uh, uh talk bad about you and then do evil and nasty things to you, He's not condoning those evil and nasty things. He's saying, in spite of that." With a godly, righteous, holy type of agape love, you love them with. That even God, when 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 we when we've fallen short, when we've committed unrighteousness, when we've fallen short of the glory of God, it says God chastens those He loves. Meaning this is that God corrects those that that do unrighteousness, the ones that He loves. So listen, I'm not trying to teach tonight a type of love that. That gets abused. Now I'm trying to tell y'all, oh, just just stay abused. Be a Christian and stay abused. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when the word says that, that, that God rejoices in the truth, the truth is like, look, you might be in a bad situation. You might need to speak up about it. You might be in a, in, a, in a position of abuse and you need to speak up about it because God rejoices in the truth. You got to put yourself in a, in a situation. We talked about it last week about wisdom, using the wisdom of God, the, the type of knowledge that God can give and, and be in prayer, and be in tune with God, and say, God, where are you going to lead me out of this, this situation? That, that, that the type of love that I'm talking about isn't a love that that, that that gets abused or beat up. It keeps the faith. It remains in the midst of circumstance. The type of love that, 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 that we've experienced is the type of love that God has, has lavished upon us. It says in 1 John chapter 4, when it's talking about him loving us so much, and when you read this scripture in uh, 1 John chapter 4, it mirrors the message of John chapter 3 16. Basically, saying God loved us so much that He gave, that He sacrificed, that He did something for us. God wasn't just saying that He loved you, He's not just, just giving you hollow and empty words, He's putting action to where His words were. And here's a, here's a scripture in Romans chapter 5. It says this, it says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, a person that is right, a person that does good things. but, But though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Even while we were still sinners, and to look deeper into that scripture in Romans chapter 5 is this. While we were still and yet enemies of God, even while we were against God, God loved us so much. Even while we were enemies of God, God loved us so much that that he sent his only begotten son to die for us so that we might have life more abundantly, so that we might be in right relationship with him. Look, it's important for us to recognize that God loved us, loved us with such a perfect agape love first in spite of us. That in spite of our shortcomings, in spite of the knowledge that we would fall short, in spite of the knowledge that that sometimes we mess up, he still died for us. That's important for us to recognize. Our first point is God loved us first. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Stay awake. Stay awake. The first point was God loved us first. The second point is this. God's love is a part of who we are as Christians. God's love is a part of who we are as Christians. Real quick, uh, Monique, can we get that picture up there, those pictures? Let's, let's, let's get rid of the cascading red real quick. Anybody know who that is? <laughs> Come on, don't, don't act like you're that holier than now. Beyonce, right? What does Beyonce do? She does do everything. (laughs) Acting, singing. In particular, what is she best known for? Singing, right? Can you imagine Beyonce, uh, uh, an entertainer, a musician, basically saying, well, you know what, Um, I really don't do music. I know I'm known to be a great singer and everything, but I don't, I don't really do music. Music isn't really my thing. Let me see that other picture real quick, Monique. Anybody know who this guy is? I appreciate that. I was feeling real shaky about somebody knowing his real name. I was, man, Sherlock Holmes. But Robert Downey Jr., right? What is Robert Downey Jr. best known for? Thank you. He's not really Iron Man. Everybody relax. He's Tony Stark. He can. No, he's an actor. Thank you. Now imagine somebody that's an actor, somebody that's an award-winning actor basically showing up and saying this, but you know, man, I don't really like being videotaped or having my voice recorded. It's not really my thing. I know I'm an award-winning actor and everything but I really don't like being recorded. So if you can kind of keep the camera and the microphones off me, please. I got one more for you. I got one more. I got one more. I got one more. Y'all got to know who this is. Who's that? There y'all said that loud. LeBron James. James. I wish we had that on deck. Like, LeBron James. Can you imagine if arguably, I said arguably for all those of you that like to argue with me, (laughs) arguably, one of the greatest basketball players that we've ever seen calm down one of i said one of i'm not i'm not getting into an argument right now one of the greatest basketball players we've ever seen and y'all see what he's doing right you you see you see the 12 feet of air he is off the ground y'all see that now can you imagine a super athlete a man that spends a million dollars on his body every year to make sure that he's athletically ready. The one that has been through years and years of training and making himself better. Somebody that was such an athlete that he got drafted into the NBA with grown men out of high school. Can you imagine if you approached LeBron and LeBron was like, well, you know what? Um, I don't really do running or jumping. I know like, I, I can dunk and you see my highlights and everything, but... I don't do all that running and jumping stuff. Now, I don't know if three times wasn't enough, but are you guys getting the point here? That as Christians, if we're to be who we are called to be, if we are to be who we're claiming to be, if we are to be who the people we try to appear like on the outside as Christians and we don't love, it's just like that. It's like saying, well, I'm a Christian, but... Man, I really don't feel like loving them. I'm a Christian, but man, they always be talking about I'm not gonna love them, I'm not gonna feel them any kindness. Ain't nobody finna take my kindness for weakness. Ain't nobody gonna take advantage of me. I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna show myself vulnerable to somebody, man, after they did me dirty, nah. They get the cold shoulder. That's not what a Christian is. Because you are a Christian. Because you you call yourself to be a follower of Christ, and according to Scripture, because you are now identified spiritually as a son or daughter of the Most High God, it's a part of who you are. Being a Christian, claiming to be a believer... Uh, truly believing that you're a follower of christ and believing that jesus died on the cross for your sins and believing and trusting in the love that he had for you just be, now that you've experienced that love now you're to go and lavish it on other people that is said in first john chapter four it is said it says basically to this point look we don't see god but when we express this agape love When we express this kind of love to other people, this is how God is seen. This is how God is felt. This is how people connect with God. When we express his love to people, when we express his truth, seeking love to people, the type of love that that is a part, and I was going to write this as this. I was going to write it as God's love is a part of our DNA, our dinner, if you've ever seen Zootopia. God's love is a part of who we are as Christians. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's easy. I'm not saying that loving people that are hard to love isn't difficult. But, but we have to remind ourselves that if we've been loved with such a perfect love that God gives us, the least that we can do is love each other. And it goes even further. This is a theme in the Bible. Spoiler alert. This is a theme in the Bible. It goes with grace, too. That because God has shared such great grace to us, we can share great grace to each other. That because, let's, let's think about another one. Because God has forgiven us of such great and nasty and awful things, we can forgive our, our brothers and sisters of great, nasty, and awful things. If God can pardon us of an offense that we've done towards him, we can, we can pardon somebody for what they, they've offended us with. It's a reciprocation thing. In that sense, it's like, look, if we can all be on one accord, if we can be the church that God prayed, that Jesus prayed for uh, for us to be, to be unified, to, for us to be unified with each other, and for us to be unified with God, we have to love to the ultimate standard, to the perfect standard that God loves us with. Is that you can't separate the two. You you can't you can't try and be a Christian and not love like God loved you. You can't try and make the Bible a la carte. That's a fancy word for picking what parts you want to take out of it and and excluding all the parts you don't want to take out of it. That love comes with being a Christian. As a matter of fact, I would submit to you tonight that if it wasn't for love, you wouldn't be a Christian in the first place. Then we have to recognize that if we have been loved with such a great and perfect love, then we have to love our brothers and sisters. Take a look around for just a second. We have to look at our brothers and sisters or love our brothers and sisters like God loves us. Our first point was God loved us first. Our second point is God's love is a part of who we are as Christians. And we can follow that up with this. 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. No one has ever seen God But if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. And this is my last point as we come to a close. Our first point was God loved us first. Our second point was God's love is a part of who we are as Christians. And our third point is this. God's love empowers us to love others. God's love empowers us to love others. It says back in that scripture I had just quoted, in 1 John chapter 4, verses 13, it says, And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. We're talking about Christians here. We're talking about believers here. We're not talking about people that don't know God. We're not t- we're talking about people that are far from God. We're talking about people that know exactly who he is. That he has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. There's another, scripture in, there's another uh, passage in scripture that says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That that when God gives us his spirit, going back to that wisdom, that that, that wisdom message we preached last week. When God gives us his spirit, he gives us his wisdom. He gives us his knowledge. He reminds us of the goodness of God. He reminds us uh, of all the things that God has done for us. And we're reminded of the goodness of God. We're reminded of his perfect love. We're reminded of that type of love that casts out all fear. We're reminded of that perfect love that would sacrifice for us, that would be generous for us, that has been kind to us, that, that the type of love that, that 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 overcomes everything else. God's love empowers us to love others. The very fact that, that that God loved us so much empowers us to love other people. And in the gospels, there were there were there were Jewish people asking Jesus, what what was the greatest commandment? You know what he said? He said, love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That not only are we empowered to love others, but it is a command from God. If we can all stand to our feet. God gives us commandments not to make our life miserable, not to make our life suck more, not to make our life seem like we're just we're just people following blindly into just holiness. God gives us commands so that we stay on the road of righteousness. God gives us commands so that we stay on the path that He called us to walk on. So when God tells us to love him and love our neighbors as ourselves, what he's saying is this, look, I'm just giving you a little bit of a reminder that this, I loved you so much, I loved you in spite of yourself. So, 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 so because you've received that love, because you became a follower of me, because I've adopted you into the family, you've become a spiritual son and daughter, you should go ahead and love your brothers and sisters just as I've loved you. It's a part of who we are. First John chapter four wasn't mincing any words, it wasn't pulling any punches. It says that if you claim to love God and don't love your brother who you see every day, every Thursday, every week, whatever it may be, if you don't love that person next to you, you're a liar. You're lying. If you claim to be the super Christian and you don't love the person that's next to you, what is this all for? You think God was being choosy in who he loved? That that God made a way for everyone to come back to him? That listen, because we're God's church, everyone is welcome. Everyone's welcome in here the people that lie, the people that cheat, the the, the people that are dealing with with sexual immorality, the people that are dealing with homosexuality, the people that are dealing with addictions, the people that are dealing with drunkenness, the people that are dealing with with drug abuse, all those people are welcome in the house of God. But they absolutely will be challenged to be changed. Listen, God is a loving God. But God won't stand for wickedness. God won't stand for unrighteousness. And listen, this isn't just some holy standard that I'm, I'm grabbing out of the air. This isn't some personal conviction. That God is a righteous God. That God is a, 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 a good God. Like, not by our own standards, not by the preacher's standards, but God is good in His own right. Listen, little brother. Little sister, now is not the time for condemnation. Now is not the time for us to judge you over the things that you've done. The Bible talks about there will be a day of judgment, but but, but for here and now, today isn't judgment day, but you have an opportunity to make yourself right with God. If you don't know who he is and you want to make yourself right, if you want to make yourself right in the eyes of God, I encourage you to submit to him. Repent of your sins. Repent of your old life. Because listen, I know you think you're too far gone. I know you think you're too far away to even be a Christian or to even be a good person. But listen, you are never too far. You are never in too dark of a place. You have never gotten so far away where God's love can't reach you. You have hope in Jesus.